What's going on, everybody? This is Justin coming to you live from Seattle, Washington. We have an awesome episode for you guys, you loyal listeners. Two weeks from Christmas, a little less than that. Uh, I'm excited, and the boys are. Uh, we bring you our sports headlines this week, followed up by a Gonzaga basketball segment previewing the heavyweight matchup between Iowa. Um, Gonzaga's just going out and playing the best teams in the country, so you'd love to see it. Then we follow up with our NFL gauntlet series. Still going strong. The boys are, are, hey, caps off. We're doing a great job. And then we let you guys in on other shit we're watching this week. Hint, a lot of college football. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Jake and special guest Zane, and our lovely interns, Dan, Coop, and Zambi. Boys, how are we feeling tonight? Hey, Jay Page, thanks for that beautiful introduction. You know, we're on month 98 of quarantine. Uh, but we still have the the love of sports keeping us united. So with that spirit, I'm feeling excited for tonight. Hello, hello. Special guest Zane here coming to you live from Ballard, Washington, as always. Boys, Gonzaga activities are presumably uh, up and running again. Fingers crossed. I want a Zag game this weekend. Let's go. Yep. Fingers crossed for sure. And that being said, I'm going to hand it over to intern Dan. Well, Zane, I think you uh, just touched on our biggest story of the week. The Zags appear to be back. Our COVID hiatus technically ended yesterday. Uh, The guys have been working out, playing, and Zags basketball is back, baby. We're playing Iowa Saturday. Big news is today coming out, Andy Katz, College Basketball Insider. little chat with Mark Few says, Jalen Suggs, 100% healthy. How do we feel? I mean, I'm feeling so good. If he's 100% healthy, like, I know people are, like, all the announcers are going to be like, well, you know, I've had two weeks off with, like, limited practice, you know. Uh, Iowa's been playing multiple games. Like, Suggs missed, like, all of his spring senior semester of of high school with no games, and his first game against Kansas seemed fine. So I think Suggs is just chomping at the bit. Yeah, chomping at the bit is is the correct phrase I would say to Jake. Um, I think you know this team was just robbed of of what was going to be the most exciting college basketball matchup of the year a couple weeks ago when we we're supposed to play Baylor. Now we get oh uh, you know they took away the two seed. Well, here's the three seed. So we'll take Iowa. We'll kick their ass, and then we'll move on to the next one, baby. Get rid of these little Tarleton games, little Dixie States, the little School of Canada. You know what? I don't need it. Let's just only play top 10 teams for the rest of the year. Love, love the enthusiasm, boys. And yeah, screw that School of Canada team, right? But I'm excited. You know, I'll, I think some of us will be back home for the holidays. Excited to get, catch a game with my family and a very select few friends, um, all socially distanced, of course. Um, excited to see the matchup, which we'll preview later. Um, but yeah, you guys got anything else? Yeah, I, I had a question for Dan. Did you say – I think you mentioned something about, like, Dan Dickow's podcast and what the Zags have been doing during this on-pause period. Yeah, so Dan Dickow's podcast, he was saying that really the only thing that has been a complete pause has been competitions. So that's why we lost those five games. That's why that competition pause ended yesterday because we don't have another game leading up to Iowa that we're missing. So in the meantime, guys have still been able to work out as long as they weren't part of the COVID protocols, whether they tested positive or were close contact. So it's not like we're just going to roll the boys out there Saturday and they haven't done anything for 
you know, two weeks. Obviously, certain guys have. It'll be interesting to see who's available, who's not. But it sounds like majority of the team has been able to, you know, still get shots up and, and uh, get 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 ready to go and, and, and stay in shape as we get ready for Iowa. So it's not like a complete, like, no one was dribbling a basketball for a, co- for a couple weeks. So good news there, right? Huge. Yeah. That would seem Absolutely. to make sense that because our, our walk-on tested positive that, you know, guys like Suggs and Timmy – couldn't continue to practice. So that is good to hear. I'd say. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, the boys will be back fired up Saturday again, as of our recording here, Tuesday, we're on track to play Iowa Saturday morning, 9. AM. We'll dive into that matchup a little bit later. Next headline, NBA preseasons back. We get to see our beloved Zags in the NBA. The headline so far, Rui Hachimura. Yeah. He's got a nice looking three point jumper, but the dude is making news off the court as well. Rui is now Mr. Steelio Girl because he has been seen with LaMelo Ball's ex-girlfriend, Ashley Alvano. Take that, big baller brand. Yeah, I think this is a, a power move by the Air Jordan brand, um, which really is a representative of. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan's like, okay, you know, your uh, son is on my team, but I'm going to send in one of my – uh, Eric Jordan reps to steal his old girlfriend, you know? So how about that? And uh, I think um, Michael Jordan's out here playing chess and LeVar is still learning checkers. So, I mean, ball is in the ball's court. <clears throat> yeah. Seems to be a tough week for the balls. LaMelo's losing his girl to Rui. And did Leangelo just get cut from the Pistons as well? Yep. Yeah, so, from I think they called it a dingy ass organization, or that's what Lamar <laughs> called it. Well, accurate, honestly. The Pistons, Detroit, the bad boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think intern Coop had something to add. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely all for this. Love to see a fellow Zag, you know, swooping in and making it happen, you know, both on and off the court. My biggest thing is that I'm all for it as long as it's not a Kardashian. I'm a firm believer in that. The Kardashian curse is right up there with the Madden curse, where when you see these NBA NFL players get associated with one of those girls, their performance just goes to shit. So (laughs) as long as uh, these chicks don't have a last name beginning with a K, we're all good. Well, well, Zamblin is sort of our uh, social media uh, Insta Insta girl fanboy. Do you know? Do you know this lady? This this individual that Rui is seeing? Ashley Alvano. Sandy, what's the scouting report? Um, honestly, I've never heard of her before. That's not a good sign for Rui. That's not a good <laughs> sign for Rui. Well, well I mean, it's a good sign it's not a Kardashian. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a Kardashian, but she also looks like super young. Granted, Rui's young himself, and you know, we just keep getting older, and the girls start looking younger. It's, it's weird. <laughs> Yeah, well, shout out to Rui. I like to think every every dub he gets both on and off the court is a dub for Japan. So, arigato to that. Dan, what's our next headline for this week? All right, our third and final headline. These, these brothers have been uh, cracking their way into our show the last two weeks. We're talking Jake Paul again this time. And he has offered Conor McGregor $50 million to box him. Uh, did it in a rather explosive uh, Instagram video. Uh, what do we think? Are we going to see this? And what do we make of some of the words that were being said in that video? Oh, well, I think we can all agree that 
the the Paul brothers, Jake, Jake and Logan. Is that correct? Yeah, the Paul brothers. They're they're so entertaining. You you just can't you, you hate everything they say, but you can't look away. Um, he called he called Conor McGregor an Irish c-word. Now, I personally am a fan of swearing. I swear like a sailor, just in the normal course of my business day. I refuse to use the c-word. That is one of those words that just stings. And to hear Jake Paul call one of the most dangerous humans on the planet that word, oh boy. I really hope this fight happens and I would love to see Conor McGregor absolutely freaking destroy this guy in the first round. That would be awesome. Does anyone think Jake Paul would have like an actual chance and not just a puncher's chance because I would have a puncher's chance. No. Does he have actual boxing chance. No shot. Wait, is he boxing? Con- boxing. Conor McGregor? Not, not UFC. Man. He would, he would oh, die. I'm just like, he would just break <laughs> his arm immediately. <laughs> But it's, still, no, boxing, definitely not. It's hilarious. And, and I get it because he's probably making, again, like I think we did, had the same conversation last week about his brother. He's making, they're, they're probably going to make so much off of just name recognition, doing the whole thing, social media, all the like. But man, both those guys, I swear they're both going to get knocked out. And I wonder if it'll be worth it. But hey, kudos to them for having the money and, uh, pushing this thing forward i guess you could say but yeah it's like it doesn't matter like oh wow they've been training for two years or whatever or used to wrestle like i mean like conor mcgregor and like floyd mayweather it's like these guys have been like they've had like probably before they were famous or well known they probably had like 12 years of this like hungry determined just like i'm going to kill anybody in front of me to like climb to the top mentality and I don't think the Paul brothers really can <laughs> match that. Well, the difference is the Paul brothers got famous off YouTube and had a crap load of money, had free time and decided, oh, I want to, I want to box. I want to fight to, you know, get in shape. Look, look all, look all muscular. Floyd Mayweather and freaking Conor McGregor had to fight to like live. Maybe not so much Floyd Mayweather. He was kind of born into it, but McGregor had to fight to live. I would love to see these fights. Could you imagine same night, both the Paul brothers? Just die. Yeah, be like wow. two minutes of fighting total, maybe. <laughs> I I mean it would be it would be worth the price of admission to watch Connor Land. Tag team, do a tag team. <laughs> yeah, it would be electric. Cage it would just be the, the Paul brothers high fiving. Tables, <laughs> ladders, and chairs, baby. <laughs> if they wrestled, why aren't they hopping in the octagon? That would be they might they might die if they hopped in the octagon. <laughs> wait, wait, uh what was that steel cage in WWE called? Cage match. The Battle cage Royale? Match. I have no idea, but the steel cage. Let's get those brothers in there. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, those are our sports headlines for the week. Um, now moving forward, we're going on to our Gonzaga segment. We preview the... Game versus Iowa out in, I believe it is South Dakota. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. At the Pentagon. Should be a super exciting game. Um, I forget who I was listening to. I think it might have been Aaron Torres or someone along that line. Said the gym reminds people of like a Hoosier type feel. I'm super excited. And now we're going to bring you that introduction. I have loved Gonzaga from the first time I saw him. 
I mean, it's just too much depth, too much size, too much experience, and a winner's mentality. Kispert wastes no time. Oh, a transition oh. triple. He's been waiting for that. He feels good now. Look at, look at him. Look at the intensity. Kispert. He's got over a thousand points in his career. Look at Drew Timmy. Oh, Timmy, man. My guy, Timmy. Timmy spins oh, Timmy, left Timmy, and does it Timmy. again. Timmy, again. Shot oh, and oh, the finish. Timmy, what are we seeing here? Kevin Nagande. McCormick is picked off by IIE. European real estate. The Frenchman taking care of it. Knocked away by Anton Watson. Pretty. The lock to the rim for Jalen Suggs. Beautiful feed by Joel Ayayi. Look at this kid get Oh my goodness, it's Jalen Suggs again. Well, it distracted the defense in a blow-by. The Zags march on. Thanks for the handoff, self. Now we bring you guys our Gonzaga basketball segment for the week. We got the Iowa Hawkeyes on the agenda. This Saturday, I'm going to pass it off to special guest Zane to walk us through who they are, what they bring to the table, and how our Zags can take the cake here. Zane, without further ado. Thanks for the handoff there, Paige. You heard it right. This Saturday, number one Gonzaga will be taking on number three Iowa. A little history on the uh, Gonzaga-Iowa matchup. These teams have played three times. Iowa currently leads 2-1 to one all time. The most recent matchup, you guys might recall, 2015 NCAA tournament, round of 32. The Zags won 87 to 86 or to 87 to 68, held the lead the entire game. Wilcher led the team 24 points. Sabonis, 18 points. Kevin Pangos, 16 points. Gonzaga shot 62 percent from three-point range in that game 61 percent overall um massively out-rebounded the Hawkeyes uh 34 to 22 I don't think that'll be the case this year though because Iowa ladies and gentlemen might just be the real deal the current team is ranked according to the AP poll number three Ken Palm number four they're the favorite to win the Big Ten uh conference this year edging out Michigan State just a little bit they're a perfect six and zero uh with one notable win perhaps to be not notable at the end of the season against north carolina they beat the tar heels 93 to 80 in early december december 8th to be exact um this is an impressive stat here they are currently ranked fourth in the country for the largest um uh, average scoring margin of victory um they they average they beat their opponents by an average of 32 points per game. That's a pretty impressive stat. Uh, they are the Kempom most efficient offensive team in the country. They're currently top 10 in field goals per game, field goals attempted per game, uh, three-pointers made, uh, assists per game. They have the, the most assists of any team in the entire country um, and the most or second most points per game in the entire country. Uh, those stellar offensive numbers are largely thanks to one Luca Garza, the senior center, 6'11", first team all eyebrows in the entire country, perhaps the entire world. Uh, Luca Garza leads Iowa in just about every single statistic, uh, including scoring 29.2 points per game, just about 30 points per game there. 
uh, rebounds. He averages nine per game. Uh, so he's basically averaging a double double per game. He also gets 2.2 blocks per game, uh, but he doesn't get it done just inside. Uh, he also is pretty nice behind the arc 68.4% on 19 uh, attempted three pointers this year. Um, but an interesting fact about Luca Garza, he's not anywhere to be seen on a lot of uh, NC or uh, NBA draft boards, um, not just the first round, but sometimes it's not even in the second round. Um, and a lot of that is attributed to his, you know, his age, obviously he's older, um, his lack of ball handling and what some uh, claim to be his lack of mobility on the court as well. Um, nonetheless, Luca Garza is an absolute workhorse. He might just be the best college basketball player in the country this year. Um, and no doubt he'll be a major area of concern for Gonzaga, but Luca Garza is supported by a flurry of guards on this Iowa team, including Joe Weisskamp, Weisskamp who averages 15 points a game, uh, shoots 50% from three point range, Jordan Bohannon, 23 year old red shirt point guard, red shirt, senior point guard. For the Hawkeyes, he has battled injuries his entire career, including a hip uh, surgery he just had last year. Uh, additionally, they have C.J. Frederick, who is their sharpshooter, 55% from three-point range. Uh, statistically, Iowa is an absolute offensive juggernaut, right? Well, in the words of Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. Let me give you some bad statistics about Iowa. There is a very good case to be made that all of Iowa's statistics, especially their offensive uh, stats, are incredibly inflated due to their horrendous schedule up to this point. Currently, Ken Palm ranks their strength of schedule at 265. 265, ladies and gentlemen. And that's including uh, a top 25 team in North Carolina. Uh, their average opposing defensive ranking is 264 according to Kempom. So we don't really know how good this Iowa offensive team is after all. But what we do know is that Luca Garza is one of the best players in college basketball. We know Iowa has the ability to shoot the hell out of the ball from three. Uh, we also know Iowa is old as hell. They're very mature and very experienced. The average age of their starting lineup is 21.6 years old. Everyone on the starting lineup can go to a bar legally. Um, but we also know Iowa has not played very good competition this year. You can catch all the action this Saturday, December 9th, 9 a.m., another morning game on CBS at the Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Boys, what do we think about the Hawkeyes? Oh, boy, I am uh, excited for this game. I can't confirm that. Uh, I mean, it's a huge matchup. They're a legit team. They can put the ball in the basket. Um, I mean, Luca Garza, just in general, just how he plays, it seems like it's a kryptonite to Gonzaga's uh, weaknesses right now. And, um, I mean, I'm a little nervous. I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little nervous because I think Iowa's right on that border between the tier of Gonzaga and Baylor. And then everyone else pretty much is in the second tier. So this could be a time for them to maybe make that leap so they'll be extra motivated. You know, there's a lot of factors going into play right now. And, uh, it's going to be a big-time matchup. Well, Paige, sticking with you real quick, I know we've talked about Luca Garza a lot in our our uh, our group chat, and you've described him as an ox. Can you sort of explain that to us? Yeah, I mean, you just kind of look how how he plays, and it's not 
you know, he's great with the ball. You know, he, he has a lot of really good post moves. I myself consider myself a uh, post move fanatic. I love a good post game. He's great at it. But what he does when he doesn't have the ball and, and say it's on the offensive or defensive boards, he seems to be the only person who just moves people. He doesn't get boxed out. He doesn't get uh, pushed around. You know, he's always like you see him running and going in for a rebound and no one's really able to box him out. He's very, very, very strong. So it's a big concern. You know, you saw what the West Virginia bigs did to Timmy and even a little bit of Balo for, for that matter and Watson. I'm a little nervous because I don't know who's going to box this guy out. Um, it's going to be team rebounding all the way, but yeah, he's, he's definitely someone I would call an ox. Jake, what do you think? See, um, I, I went on the record saying in my gut, I was nervous about the West Virginia game because of just their, their team's toughness. And I think that proved, um, you know, pretty accurate given, you know, there, there is a, extenuating circumstances that Suggs was injured for the first half for this Iowa game. I'm honestly not that worried. I think they're trying to beat the best offense in the, in the country at their own game. And I don't think we're going to let them because granted they, they have great three point shooting. A lot of that is because, you know, you had to devote so much attention to Luca Garza, but I don't think they have anybody who can stop our guards on the perimeter. We've been torching top 20 defenses all year. And here comes Iowa who frankly can't match our athleticism at the, at the guard spot. Um, I am concerned about Luca. I mean, he says, he's just someone you always have to be concerned about because he can take over games, but I think um, with the amount of time we have to prepare for Iowa, that we can at least, you can never, stop Garza but you can limit him so I think the the Zags win by double digits yeah does anyone look at this Iowa team and sort of reminisce on like older Gonzaga teams where they have just like an absolute monster big man and then just like four other guys who can shoot the hell out of the ball from three-point range it just kind of seems like what Gonzaga used to do with like Sabonis or Shemek, where you just rely on that big and you just feed him and you feed him. And when the defense starts clamping down on him, he just tosses it right back out and you drain your threes. And that's how you beat a team. I'm concerned. My, my concerns with Iowa are threefold. One, we've all mentioned it, Luca Garza. You, I don't know how you stop that guy. North Carolina seemed to be able to in that game, at least for the first half. But then Iowa just shot the hell out of him. <laughs> and so eventually they had to give up on just trapping Luca Garza that game and then in the second half Luca just went off and I think we all kind of opened our eyes and realized how good that guy actually is my secondary concerns the three-point shooting they shot 42 percent against North Carolina if they shoot 42 percent against us that is that's going to be a significant issue because Luca Garza is going to get his I'd, unless Omar Ballo turns into that cookie he's going to get his <laughs> against drew timmy I, I it's not drew timmy's fault it's just he has a physical like a huge physical disadvantage in that game and my last concern is their age this the, iowa is such a freaking mature team i mean their point guard's 23 years old luca garza is turning 22 in just 10 days um their other two guys 22 21 and 20 and so this is a very mature team um they're gonna be smart they're smart with the ball they don't have dumb turnovers 
Uh, I'm really going to be looking at Ballo in this game. That's where all of my eyes are going to be. Dan, where are you at with the Ballo watch? Uh, I think this is a tremendous game for Ballo to turn into that cookie, man. Christmas season, everyone's baking cookies. Ballo's going to be our guy. I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say there's going to be another guy that's going to play somewhat meaning kind of some minutes. Big Pavel Zakharov is going oh, to play in this game. No. Because we just need bodies. We just need bodies. So if we can throw two seven-footers, Drew Timmy, and then just get like the wingspan and the quickness of Watson and maybe some double teams, I think we have to throw everything we have at Garza. So Pavel Zakharov will be a – I can't call him a factor, but he's going to play in this game. Are you saying he's just going to come in with like 30 seconds to go before halftime? No, no. Like when when we're in foul trouble or someone needs a blow and maybe Balo isn't quite getting it done, uh, I believe Zakharov will play just because you need that length. Like North Carolina, when they played, when they played Iowa, they threw like four, six, 10, six, 11, seven footers at him. That like just kind of kept, kept them rotating. So I think we need to do that to control Luka Garza. Okay. We're, we're opening up the floor a little bit here. Uh, Zambi, did you have something to add? Uh, yeah. So Dan, Coop, you better be ready. You're next buddy. <laughs> oh, so I've said it since craziness. I'm calling it right now. Ballo goes off this game. I think he has 10 points, seven rebounds, four personal fouls, and then one grit play. And that will lead the Zags to the dub. Let's go. I love it. I believe the four personal fouls is, is pretty good. <laughs> Uh, I think a big X factor for me this game is going to be rebounding. I think if we uh, get boards, especially on defense, and don't allow Garza or anyone else to, you know, get second chance, second second chance baskets, and get out in transition. I mean, I think we're right now the best transition scoring team in the country, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that's going to be huge. I, th- I mean, we're going to beat them down the court if we get our rebounds, and I think we'll easily be up 10, 15 if that happens. Yeah, rebound, tend- rebounding is going to be big. I tend to agree with you, Coop. I don't know how successful we'll be rebounding like when Luca Garza is down low and missing layups. He tends to just like always follow his shot and always beat defenders to the ball. But if Iowa starts hucking threes, I have no doubt our guards are going to be able to win those long ball rebounds. And those are going to be extremely dangerous for Iowa because that'll turn into a, a quick bucket for the Zags in less than three seconds down the floor. Also, big weakness for this Iowa team is their offensive or is allowing offensive rebounds. Um, so I could see uh, a Yai cleaning up on just those, like pretty much what put West Virginia away, just those little, like, oh, he grabbed the ball and just puts it back in. And you managed to stop our offense, but you really didn't because a Yai is just everywhere. So if, if Iowa allows that, which they have a lot of the season, um, they better be shooting 45% from the three. Yeah. Well, last week we talked a lot about uh, Anton Watson and, and I'll, I'll raise my hand. I kind of, you know, went after him a little bit. Paige, you defended him. What are you expecting from Anton Watson this game? From Anton? <clears throat> I think he's got to put his big boy pants on. I don't mean to say that in a bad way. I think he's got to man up a little bit. Um, this is a great, great game, great primetime action 
to show everyone, hey, like I, I'm in here to play. I'm here to play hard. Let's shut down the best big in the country and, and put that that we suggested weakness to rest that we can't handle good interior players. Um, and that'll definitely be discussed in, in our uh, further on in the segment. But I expect him to have a great game. I mean, he's our number two big right now and, and he needs to step up. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it'll be important for Watson to have a good one. Yeah. And kind of going along with putting on your big boy pants, I'm going to be specifically looking at Drew Texas two-step Timmy this week. Um, the guy has got to show up. I mean, a lot of people think not, not just for, for Gonzaga, but for his own, you know, potential NBA draft stock this year. Uh, um, this is a big matchup for him. He, this is who he's going to be going against at the next level guys like this with this kind of size. Um, and so I'm going to be looking to see if Timmy can put that first half West Virginia game completely behind him. He cannot come out in this game playing with his tail between his legs. I hope he comes out with a goddamn headband because he was phenomenal with the headband. I don't know why he ever took it off. Um, yeah, he's, I'm not expecting him to put up phenomenal numbers or even like be able to stop Garza, but I'm expecting him to freaking battle, get those classic Gonzaga hustle plays that we always praise. I'm really going to be looking at our bigs this game. I'm expecting our guards to do their thing. I don't really, I'm not concerned about our guards this game. I'm really looking to the bigs, Timmy Watson, Ballo. Those guys need to be stellar this game. I think one thing on uh, Timmy, like we see how much the dude likes to talk. We see the edge he plays with. He, he, he acts like he is the shit, right? I think he's got a huge opportunity. If he can go in there and, you know, kind of go, go toe for toe, toe to toe with Luca Garza. Uh, I think he can play himself into like the Naismith player of the year conversation. I mean, if, if they go out there and they beat Luca Garza and Iowa, who everyone's like, this is, this is the best player in college basketball. Drew Timmy, go prove something. Let's go and play yourself into that national player of the year conversation. And like we said all year, if Drew Timmy's that guy, no one's beating us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, we'll definitely be looking um, at Drew Timmy this game a lot. Texas two-step. Coop, speaking of Texas, I think you maybe have some concerns with the uh, – extended time off is that true um for me a little bit I mean I I know I was definitely played obviously more than we have in the past two weeks so I it could be something within the first two minutes where we're not making our shots or look a little rusty maybe Iowa goes on like a six eight point run does that concern anyone else uh I don't think I'm too concerned about it just because I mean we I, I would almost say it's a trait of the recent Gonzaga teams is just how well we gel together early in the season. I, I know like that's not quite what you mean with like the two week break we've had, but I mean, I, I think we'll be just fine. I think we have like Kispert will have all the guys together. Suggs is just a competitor, so he should be fine. I'm not concerned about a yai. Timmy, there's that, you know, concern about West Virginia, but Honestly, I think he plays better when people are doubting him. And hopefully that West Virginia game kind of added fuel to like his naysayers. So I think we come out hungry and we come out against an Iowa team that is just kind of jerking themselves off from beating Northern Iowa by 50 and just catch them on their heels. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with Jake. I, I actually think, well, for starters, 
I don't know what advantage Iowa would have because they're beating up on just absolute dog shit opponents. Um, I'll give North Carolina their credit. North Carolina is always going to be a talented squad. They're always going to have good recruits. I don't think they're anything special this year, though. Um, and that being said, also, we we knew we were canceling all these, you know, Tarleton Dixie State games uh, back when we canceled the Baylor game. So we've been preparing for Iowa. All eyes have been on Iowa now for 10 or so days. So I, I, I don't know. I also think that when we're competing in practice, if we were able to have practices um, like Dan was uh, alluding to earlier, our best competition this year is going to be in practice. And so I'm not too worried about that. Sure. There's always going to be the issue. Like, you know, first game in 10 days, maybe we start off cold for the first minute or two. I haven't seen that from Gonzaga this year with the exception of Drew Timmy against West Virginia. That looked like a cold start, but I'm personally not too concerned about it. I think one thing too that'll uh, alleviate the cold start is just how good we are getting to the rim. Like we get such good looks. Like we're, we're not dependent on, on, on hitting three. So I think if we just give ourselves those good looks early, we'll get in a rhythm and the Zags will be back, baby. Yeah. To kind of piggyback off what Zane said, basically, I mean, you saw it in, in craziness in the kennel. We basically field two different college teams based on the level, excuse me, level of talent that we have. And it's like, <clears throat> we have that we're focused in, Granted, Sioux Falls is kind of close to Iowa City, similar climates, but at the same time, it did snow on Spokane this week. So I'm fully confident the Zags are going to come out rocking and rolling. And please, God, Timmy, wear the headband. Yeah. Does anyone have any uh, last, last, you know, comments here before we get into our other segments for this, for this preview? Nope. All right. Let's get into it. While I'm looking at you, Justin Page, you know the segment Gonzaga wins if. Gonzaga wins if they play team defense. And this is a little twofold. I know it's a little obvious, but it's going to take the entire team uh, to, I guess, play defense against this, this Iowa team. It's very simple, but there's such a handful. And what I mean by that is they have the best big in the country. And they have knockdown shooters. Uh, they got to have hands in coming into the post entry every single time uh, when the ball goes down to Luca. They have to close out hard force drives. I think I think Gonzaga wins is if they make their shooters take long twos, which means obviously again closing out hard, uh, denying Luca the ball as much as possible and rebounding. Super 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 simple, but you cannot let them get hot from three, which. They most likely will because there's they're they are that good, but they have to keep with the game plan and they have to adjust on the fly, um, and then do everything in your in your capability. Drew Timmy, uh, Omar, Anton, even a little Pavel action, just make his life hell. Do whatever you can to do it. Uh, I'm speaking from more of a I guess a football mindset, but you got to make him uncomfortable. Find out how to do it and do it as much as possible. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think you're going to be seeing a lot of doubles down low, um, particularly when Balo's not in the game. Balo is kind of the guy I would let go at Luca Garza. If he fouls him, he fouls him. I'm not too concerned about that, but I'm looking for Anton Watson to switch over freaking quickly as soon as, as, soon as Garza gets that ball down low. But we'll kick it to you, Jake. Gonzaga wins if. Um, Gonzaga wins if I'm going to give you my rule of 20 
Um, can I, can I also give the Iowa wins if at the same time it works better together? Oh, okay. Do it together. Do it together. Okay, I'm going to give you the, my, my, I'm going to let you see this game. 2020 Gonzaga wins. If drew Timmy scores over 20 points, like you said, I don't expect Timmy uh, to be able to limit Garza too much defensively. That would be just kind of gravy if he can. So right now, Timmy's best defense in this game is taking the ball to Garza and scoring. Because that could force Garza into foul trouble and then make the make him have to sit longer. So that would be the goal. And I think that happens if Timmy scores over 20 points. Yeah, real quick, I'll bounce back a little bit. Luca Garza has been very good this year about not getting into foul trouble. Granted, he hasn't played anyone with the talent. Actually, North Carolina's got really good talent. They also have pretty good bigs, but we're a different team. So, but so it'll be curious to see if we can be that team to get him into foul trouble. We've been good about it so far this year. I think I think Timmy's the perfect guy for that. Just with how many post moves he has, he can mm-hmm. just get people jumping when they shouldn't be. And then I'll say Iowa wins if if any other player besides Luca Garza gets over twenty points. Because I think that just, I mean, we expect Luca to get about twenty five points, twenty eight points, just because he's one of the best players in college basketball. But if there's a, a second player on the team, unless the rest of the team is just shooting ice cold and this guy just has like over twenty, I think that combination. Um, it would make it harder to double Luca, and, and our defense defensive structure would start falling apart. Yeah, I, I would caution you on that one, at least, Jake, just because I know Joe Weiskamp. Am I saying that right, Dan? I feel like Weiskamp. Weiskamp. Joe Weiskamp, that dude averages over 15 points a game. So he, he can put up 20 even any given night. Um, he, I, he definitely can. That's why I think we need to limit him to 15. Yeah. All right. There you have it. Well, Paige, I'll bounce it back to you since we're going uh, Iowa wins if. So here you go. Iowa wins if. Iowa wins if the young Zags let their defensive woes leak into their offensive efficiency. And what I mean by that is I'd be silly to say we can lock down and hold Iowa down to, you know, 70 points. <clears throat> Obviously, it'd be ideal because of how good our offense is. But at the end of the day, this team has to realize that they're going to deliver their blows too. They're old, they're experienced, and they're not going to get discouraged by a couple bad positions or a couple of zag runs. They're going to keep working the full 40 minutes, and if they take the lead, these zags cannot get discouraged. Um, Because if that happens, it's going to be hard to catch up with this Iowa team. They can just feed Luka down low. He can get all of our guys into foul trouble. He can just... That, that's definitely a game plan. It, you can think of it a little bit as the old Chargers Marty ball, just running with LT to run out the clock. That's exactly what I was going to do. They're going to ride their horse and um, they have to have to have to stay aggressive and they cannot get down. If uh, this Iowa team bounces back quick. I think that's a great point page. I, I kind of pictured like how, like when uh, Gonzaga played Duke in the, uh, not Miami in the Maui invitational, how Duke could just not get into transition because we were scoring every play in like the first half. Like they were just taking the ball out of the basket and they had to actually run sets. So if Iowa could do something similar to us, granted, I think we're, we're built a little more team oriented than that Duke basketball team was, you know, maybe not the same athletes, but 
Um, I, I think that's a great point. Yeah, I, I, I like that point too as well, Paige. I think Iowa scores in clusters. Uh, they could very well, you know, go on a 12-0 run at any given point in any game just because of the way Luca Garza can finish at the hoop through contact and the way they can shoot the ball from, from deep range. So I, I do think that's a very good point you brought up. I'll go ahead and keep the conversation going. I'll give you my Gonzaga wins if. Gonzaga wins if. Omar Ballo provides us with 12 valuable minutes. I know he hasn't played that much yet this year, but if he can provide us 12 valuable minutes, not in the form of putting up a ton of points, maybe not even in the form of getting a ton of rebounds, but if he can just be a solid body out there who gives Luca Garza something to think about and gets him off his game, I'm talking valuable minutes here, boys. I am looking at at freaking Omar Ballo to take that next step here. I want him to turn into that nice golden crisp chocolate chip cookie that we used to get at uh what, what was the little subco? Subco? What is it? Subco Wednesday cookie? nights? Ooh. Wednesday nights? Oh, Wednesday that, with I forgot the about milk? that. Oh <laughs> beautifully done. Milk and cookies. Oh man. Yeah. Honestly what Ballo needs is uh you know how I, I sent you guys that article about how Westbrook's just been pumping Rui up. Just calling him like, you know, bad motherfucker. Just is what the rest of the team has been trying to do all year for Rui. Ballo needs that. That same type of attitude. Paige, you talked about it a lot where just like, you know, you're a bad man. Just go get what's yours. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt this is going to be Ballo's biggest test of the year. Um, I know he hasn't played that many minutes uh, in previous games. I think if we're going to win this game and slow Luca Garza down, he's going to need to increase his minutes uh, this game. I mean, if, if you just imagine a tandem down low of Omar Ballo and Drew Timmy collapsing on Garza when he gets the ball, I don't know what the hell Garza can do. And if he can score on you at that point, screw it. Let him fight through that every single time and score and take away their three ball at that point. But that's that's just where my head's at. Um, I'll move on. Iowa wins if they score 50-plus points on three-point balls while shooting at least 42% from three. And so that would look a little bit like the North Carolina game where they shot 43-pointers and they made 17 of them. I think if they can semi-replicate that, if they can get that to 18 threes to fall, 19 threes, I think we're in trouble if, if they start putting up those numbers. And I think that's kind of the case with any team that we play this year as well. If, if a team is going to just live and die by the three, I mean, what are you going to do at that point? You kind of just put your hands up. Um, but I, ultimately, I mean, they, they have the tools that can do that. So that, that kind of concerns me. Uh, and I, and I've, I've always thought that teams that live and die by the three can be the most dangerous teams at times because on any given night, they can hang with guys that they're not supposed to. Um, and so we'll move along. We are your favorite betting uh, podcast. The boys have been in a little bit of a slump, but we're looking to get out of it this weekend. Jake, why don't you give me your favorite bet for this game? Ooh, favorite bet. I mean, I think Zambi said it best in the in the uh, chat. Over, hit the over. I I mean, unless it's like two hundred, then 
I honestly probably still would just because I, I mean, <laughs> this is just so it's going to be such an electric game. It's going to be such a fast paced game. It'll probably just be Iowa missing a three, us taking it in transition scoring or Iowa making the three. Regardless, there's going to be points on the board, folks. Points on the board. Um, Since you brought it up, the over, uh, you're hammering it. What is the highest number, the highest total that a bookie could give you that you would say, ah, I'm not taking this? Would uh, you take 200? Would you take 200? Well, considering uh, my past (laughs) uh, two weeks of gambling, uh, probably not. (laughs) Would you take 195? I think I'd take 190. Okay. I need to deposit some more money. So <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yep. I definitely love the over two. Um, one quick note on, I think it was Jake's point um, about getting Luca in foul trouble. I think one thing they must do is try as much as possible to get him involved in pick and roll situations. So that would mean, running a classic screen and roll with Timmy most likely or whoever the five is and let him try and stay in front of our guards. Cause that's either going to be an easy bucket or a foul. Um, I think Timmy has the chops to get him in foul trouble, but that's another way to kind of look at it. Dan, did you have another quick point? Yeah, I got just, I'm looking at the three T's this game. I'm looking at transition turnovers and Timmy. If we can get out in transition and we're efficient, like we always are, we'll be fine. If we're turning the ball over and we're taking away possessions and then giving Iowa other looks and they're able to, you know, hit their threes, that's, that's when it's going to get scary because then we're just playing a trade threes for twos kind of thing. And I don't like the way that sounds. And then Drew Timmy, be the best player on the court, knock down a three or two, you know, if, if we can execute that, maybe get a little pick and pop with Timmy, like Jay Page was saying, getting Luca Garza in ball screens could be, could be huge. And the other note about transition, let's just run Luca Garza off the floor. The dude is not quick enough to play at the pace that we like to play at. Let's get him off the floor. Let's get him tired. Let's get him in foul trouble. And when he's on the bench, let's attack. Yep. I like that, Dan. The only thing I would push back on is getting Luca Garza tired. The guy doesn't get tired. He has the most minutes played on his team. Uh, if there's a team that can get him tired, it's certainly Gonzaga. But that dude has proven and it's impressive as hell to see that guy just work his ass off the entire game. He would be phenomenal in a Gonzaga uniform, but he's not. So screw him. Cooper, give us your closing remarks. Yeah. So a bit of a hot take here, you know, that's what I'm known for. Um, we all know that. <laughs> I think my MVP of this game, particularly on the defensive end, is going to be Anton Watson. I think Mark Pugh is going to ask a lot of him, especially on help defense with Luca and on the perimeter. So if Anton can step in there and force Luca into some bad shots or force some turnovers, I think it's, you got to give him MVP if that, if it works out. Yeah, I think, I mean, I said it last week that I, you know, I'm really looking at Watson to step it up a little bit. I think if Ballo is not doing the things that, you know, if he's not turning into a cookie this week, we're going to be relying on Anton Watson coming over to help Timmy out Uh, because Watson does have that, big stocky body um that could possibly at least slow down luca um does anyone else have any closing closing statements they'd like to make on the uh zags iowa game should we make just a quick prediction around the horn 
Ooh, I love that. Oh, I like All right. That. Paige, you know you're starting. Ooh, love it. I love the pressure. Let's go Gonzaga 98, Iowa 91. Oh, that was Jalen Suggs, 32 points. Oh God, <laughs> yes, give it to me. Jake. Uh I'm I'm gonna go bold here. I'm going Gonzaga 104, Iowa 88. I'm gonna say the Zags uh win the rebounding battle by 12. Oh snap. I would love to win the rebounding battle. Uh, I'll go next. I'll give it we, – we hit 100, so I'll, I'll go 102, and I think they get 90 in, like, the last couple of minutes where it's not really that close, but they get, like, a garbage time bucket to get to 90. I think Luca puts up 25, and the rest of the guards kind of combine for that next, you know, 80 – or not 80, 70 or so points – um, I think Ballo Ballo's the man. I think we leave this game looking at Ballo saying, Holy shit, the future is bright. Could you imagine if we get the Twin Towers next year with Chet and Ballo? Dan, what's your score? I don't know how to follow this up. This is, this is electric stuff here. We're not uh, homers or anything. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say, Let's go, Zags 100, Iowa 92. Uh, we're going to hit double-digit three-pointers. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. Who, Corey Kispert's making, making 10 threes? Suggs is going to hit four. Oh. Ooh. Daniel like. son. All right, Koopy. Uh, I think I'm going to go Zags. Kind of a low-scoring game. Uh, 91-83. And is, I think – Is that uh, low-scoring? Well, compared to what everyone else is rattling off here um, – <laughs> And I think uh, Anton gets a double-double. 13 points, 10 boards. Oh, man. Ooh. These are all so great. Zambi, <laughs> you, better, you better have a hell of an encore. Uh, you got it. So I'm calling it 101 for the Zags and then 95 for Iowa. We're just going to get some trash trash time uh, free throws here. I think Nemhart puts up 14. He'll come ever so close to a double-double but he won't get it. I'm thinking eight assists. And then nobody's really mentioned it, but I think we're going to have a bench mob kind of celebration, kind of like back to the Grand Backmas days. And so we haven't really seen it too much, but I think this is the game that it comes out. Do we get some oh. old Graves action? Ooh. Ooh. I mean, the, the highest three-point percentage shooter of last year, you know, I mean <laughs> – it's not out of out of the question. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. Great predictions all around. But that's all we have for the Gonzaga-Iowa game. Remember to tune in Saturday, 9 a.m. CBS, the, the Sanford Pentagon, Sioux Falls. To you, Paige. Thanks for that, Zane. Great handoff, great segment. I'm really excited for that game on Saturday. Moving on, this is a special segment, which might not even be in the episode, but if it slides in, it was very, very good. Little bonus segment, little teehee, little Christmas season for all you listeners out there. Um, we have a little naughty or nice episode, or naughty or nice segment. Uh, the interns are bringing two naughty or nice topics 
and the hosts will judge them if they're not or nice. Um, with that being said, I'll leave the floor open for the interns. Who wants to uh, take the bull by the horns here? Got to be Cooper. I could uh, I could take the lead. So I believe uh, we settled on one college basketball related item and then one wild card. So dealer's choice per se. Um, so my college basketball item is no other than Keli Lua Pepe, the LMU standout who is rocking the most luscious of mullets. Not Naughty. Even, fellas. Dude, did he, say, did he say it right? Did he say it? You really <laughs> think I know that guy's name? Oh, you're LA Sports Media. Come on. LMU does not count for LA Sports Media. <laughs> Only the LMU Lions Student Network probably covers that thing. <laughs> All right. 100% naughty. 100% naughty. Um, see, I'm going to go nice. If he was on BYU, I would definitely hate it. Or St. Mary's, I would definitely hate it. But right now, they're trying to find an identity, and I think that's one way to do it. So oh. I'm, I'm saying full full approval. Oh, God. I cannot agree. I could not disagree more. I'm going full on capital bold, italicize, underline fucking naughty it is the, the most disgusting look ever <laughs> if if they're trying to find an identity that cannot be it because that i that that's a losing team right there if your whole team is looking like that you're losing a lot of basketball but games. but are we talking about lmu right now damn it yeah. they got he, if this guy they if, got if this guy was a zag would he still be naughty I, no, he's pretty much Adam Morrison, right? You wouldn't let <laughs> that shit there. fly on this team. A freaking mullet that long and the little nasty mustache. Oh. It's gross. It's very gross. It's gross. Naughty. Oh, I'm for sure. I think that I, it's nice for me. Nice. <laughs> I, he's, definitely, he's definitely doing the haka before the games. Just breaks that thing out. Lets it flow. Yeah, I'm, Dude, I'm all about it. Do you think any girl is like, getting near that? That oh, is... He, I think he's just slaying at Elmio. Oh, God. <laughs> but anyways, I'll, uh, I'll move on. So for my wild card, I'll kind of stay in the, the Christmas theme here. And I'm going with no other than the big popcorn tins. And if you lived in the Raj, you're definitely in the know with the, the popcorn tins. Our, our good friend, Jackson, that was his, uh, his thing. So what are our thoughts? Naughty or nice? what flavor what flavor that that's the that's the thing it's a it's you never know what you're getting. yeah there's three it was cheddar caramel corn and then i think like salted right just like sugar i think is one of them uh, one of them was just straight up disgusting yeah there's there's always the red or green one where yeah, sugar no, yes but i'm gonna say nice shout out mrs wood keeping the boys fed <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll say nice to Mrs. Wood, naughty that Jackson made us freaking eat all the other flavors, and then the, the good cheddar one just went bad because it took so long for us to get through the other two. Yeah, I'm going to go um, – I think the idea of the tins are nice, but there's few times I feel as naughty as I did when I was sitting in our 917 house about the hundredth handful of popcorn going down – just sitting there, that made me feel very, very naughty. So it's a little bit of twofold right there. 
Also, no one thinks we're allowed in a COVID world anyway anymore, right? (laughs) Just reach into the same tent. Everyone's like 15 guys. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. But we devoured that. We did devour that. Great, great uh, items there, Coop. Who's next? Danby, you want to go? Uh, sure, I'll go. Um, do I have to stay with like college basketball, or can I be a little out there? Out there, out there. <laughs> All right. So, I'm not sure if this is fabricated or not, but in regards to Jalen Hurts taking over for Carson Wentz, I do have a quick little audio clip for you guys. Let me know if it's like too quiet or too loud. Obviously, it was Carson's first night, and his new role is water boy. And, you know, part of that role is keeping the team hydrated. Was he able to mix enough Gatorade cups tonight to keep your thirst quenched? Not enough. Um, not enough. Jalen, obviously, it was Carson's first night. All right. Jalen Suggs. Or, excuse me. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Taking shots at Carson Wentz. Put up a hell of a game. What do you think, boys? Wait. that He was actually saying that Carson Wentz didn't put enough – Water or Gatorade mix in his water? Wait, See, but it was a joke, right? That was Carson Wentz interviewing him, right? No, that was a reporter, at least to my knowledge. There's I'm gonna no way a reporter asked that question. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that they use the magic of editing to make that. There's no way that that was asked. All right, well, let's just imagine that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> if that's true, nice, baby. That is nice because Carson Wentz is a freaking bum right now. Uh, I would have to imagine that even if he did say that, it would be a joke and it'd be actually a pretty goddamn funny joke. Yeah, that would be pretty funny. I think I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go nice. I just think that's pretty funny. And, uh, yeah, Hurts had a hell of a game. Um. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm going to go naughty for Carson Wentz if he's allowing that joke to happen, even if he's in on it. Come on. Like, that's just like putting yourself in the QB2 mindset. Like, Or is he being a good teammate by pumping up his guy? Hey, you know who's not a good teammate? Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you know, as a God. good QBR, Aaron Rodgers. Just had nothing to do with the topic. Had to bring him up. I didn't Fuck see him. biscuit. I didn't see biscuit doing anything like this if he wasn't on the joke for his guy Nick Bosa. Oh, exactly, and he then he that, came right? back and took his starting spot oh, back. No, he's a bad teammate. Oh, Aaron Rodgers lives rent free in Jake's brain. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> for like twelve years. Hey, and Aaron Rodgers, he hates his family, so. That is true. That's Definitely on the naughty list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right next, one, next one. Uh, second topic is people defending Taylor Swift's album over Kid Cudi's. Dane, I think you, you had something to say about this in our group text the other day. Why don't you yeah. start us off? Okay, I'll, I'll, okay I, I guess I'll just give my opinion on Kid Cudi's album. I, one, haven't listened to it yet. Sorry, I, I just don't like, I don't know. I don't have time for it. I liked Kid Cudi's old stuff. I read that, you know, a lot of people didn't like it so much. Um, I said, I texted the group that it had he had a lot to live up to because my personal favorite album of 2020 was the Machine Gun Kelly album came up, that came out. I'm a big pop punk guy, all right? So that's my kind of that's my kind of uh, shindig right there. As far, as far as Taylor Swift, I don't need any of that. 
I don't need any of that at all. I wouldn't listen to it. Uh, it'd be torture for me. So I don't remember what the question was. Taylor Swift, naughty. Was it Kid Cudi? Is, are we, it, is it, people people defending next? Taylor Swift's album over Kid Cudi's. Oh, okay, okay. I, who, I mean, I will say that is, I haven't listened to T-Swift's new album i do like her work though it's very very catchy shout out to my mom for playing those back in the day we driving to school we'd listen to those all the time uh well that being said i say that's that's nice you're supporting your guy as i would my guy um now with the whole argument best album of the year i didn't really see the hype with cuddy's uh new album i didn't love it i heard i listened to about five or six songs so not all the way through just the ones i was um pointed to they're fine. Didn't get me going. So that's that on that subject. Um, for me, I'm, I'm going to go nice. I'm going to go on the T-Swiss train. I'm just a big uh, fan of like folk tunes more. Not even a huge Taylor Swift fan. Uh, I will say naughty though for both fans because I feel like no matter what these artists did, they would have just been diehard. And uh feel like that leads to a lot of problems. Um, I think who we really need to input on this, we'll, we'll call him out on Twitter, is uh, Ben Pock. I, oh, I would yeah. love to hear his analysis on this. Ooh. I feel like I'm, uh, you know, an ant trying to describe uh, mathematics right now. I really don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, here, if it, just to defend my, uh, my Kid Cudi take a little bit, which I haven't really, like, shit on him or anything yet i just said he had a lot to live up to because i really like the machine gun kelly album if you type in a little quick google search uh kid cuddy uh new album the first headline is complex saying kid cuddy comes back down to earth uh on man on the moon three album so i mean hmm i don't know maybe it's hmm. not that good huh i, I think I we have, let's get Zammy the final word here yeah so I just want to wrap it back to Jake. Also, Zane Complex is bleh. Don't trust anything they say. But Jake, was that a, a Christmas reference right there with Die Hard? With Die Hard? It's a Christmas movie. Did, oh, I, I did not. I thought you meant the ant doing mathematics for a second. I'm like, I don't think so. Sure, <laughs> uh, yeah, Christmas reference. Sweet. <laughs> All right, my college basketball item, not an item, but a person, John Rothstein. Oh, my. Let me take <laughs> that page. Go. Naughty, naughty, naughty Rothstein. <laughs> Again, to point this out to our audience, and this is one thing I'm passionate about. I like the Zags to be fairly ranked, and he calls himself a basketball insider, and he has – an absurd amount of knowledge. I think he's very, very biased towards the East Coast. Um, he released his Rothstein 45 at the beginning of the year. And the prestigious, was, prestigious Rothstein 45. Quote unquote prestigious. Um, and it was the day he did the top five the day Nemhard got cleared. And he put number five, Gonzaga Bulldogs. And I said, I literally commented, are you kidding me, John? Even with Nemhard, 
deleted the post, deleted the entire ranking altogether. <laughs> Ranks, I don't remember who was five. It was someone that's not as good as Gonzaga, obviously. Number four, Gonzaga Bulldogs. They just got an all-SEC former five-star guard back. Yeah, that justifies them being only number four. And then he proceeds to put, like, Virginia number three, Baylor number two, or Iowa number two, Baylor number one. And I was just like, what the – no, Villanova. Villanova was number two, not Iowa. And I was just like, John, come on now. You're, You're better than that. It's all it's all the East Coast bias, yada yada yada. And I was just like, Virginia, Virginia, <sighs> unbelievable. So he's very naughty this year, very naughty. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of better luck next year. I'll I'll jump in real quick. I'm gonna go John Rothstein. Nice, just because Paige is one of the most mellow-headed, cool, calm, cool, and collected individuals you'll ever meet. And anyone who's able to get into his head like John Rothstein has in the last couple of weeks has to be nice, baby. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Paige Naughty for the reasons Paige said, plus 45, like pick either. And like a number that ends in zero, like 10, 20, or like 30 or something like that, or pick a number that's like either 64, 32, you know, like rounds, of the tournament what is this 45 like that just frustrates me andy katz also has a weird thing with 36 but i do like andy katz i want to say that i would call rothstein absolutely nice i i disagree with his gonzaga takes but find me a more passionate guy about college basketball he's electric on twitter some people are probably okay Okay, you're right, but, but oh, Dan loses. Dan's no, no. naughty. Dick <laughs> Vitale will will bring the heat when he tweets, but Rothstein's consistency is unbelievable. I think the consistency is actually like pathetic. Like I, it's annoying as hell. It's some, nice that he got in Jay Page's head. I I can't stand the guy. No. Some people have hobbies. He watches college basketball. That is what he does. So I it's love Rothstein. Job. I think he's great for the sport. It's fun. It's great. All right, my Christmas one. Christmas movie, Jingle All the Way. Oh, excellent choice. Excellent choice, Daniel. Uh, nice all the way. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad, Young Anakin Skywalker. Now that's a Christmas movie. Sign me up. I honestly have no idea what that is. You haven't seen Jingle All the Way? That's the one where he, like, he has to find the toy for his son, right? Turbo man. The Turbo man, not doll. just the toy. They have to find Turbo Man. Turbo oh, Man. man. <laughs> go, I haven't seen this movie either, but I'm gonna go nice. That sounds like an electric watch, and I'm I'm definitely gonna add it to the list. Yeah, I'm with it. Paige. I'm with Paige. I I consider myself a movie connoisseur. Embarrassing that this is the second time this movie has come up uh, this week. Maybe it was P- uh, Gilman who brought up to my attention earlier this week. Looks like I got to get into it. Um, but Larry, the cable guy and jingle all the way to might be grabbing my attention first. Do not, no, don't, that, that one would fall under the naughty. Such a Zane movie. <laughs> but, and with that category, you got to give us your best Schwarzenegger. What? Me? Yeah, Dan, you brought it up. Do it. No, you got an impression, an impression. Yeah, that or Sinbad, your call. Oh, oh, the, sorry. I thought you were telling me like the best thing that he's in. Sorry. Oh, uh, no, no. Your uh, best impression. Uh, 
Ted, you put that cookie down now. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually great. And it was in the movie. Well done. 10 out of 10 for Dan. Dan, oh. back to nice. <laughs> Come here. Love it. Love it. Alrighty. Well, I think that wraps up our uh, naughty or nice segment. I, I'm gonna go on a limb here. We should do this again next week. That was pretty electric. Yeah, I won't say that. I, I think all the interns got a a, a nice from my yeah. book. Oh, yeah. Gold stars, gold stars all around. Gold, gold stars, stars for the interns. Yay! <laughs> Great idea, Coop. Great idea. Christmas bonus. Never any <laughs> doubt from any of us. We were all on board, 100. percent Yeah, we we totally forgot to tease it. Uh, in, the, in the headlines of this episode <laughs> is our is our uh, christmas bonus the uh membership of the jelly of the month club like in christmas vacation get us out of no. this segment get us out of here keep that keep that in not even jake come on jake that was good that was so bad all right. Well, naughty, naughty. Luckily for, our audience, luckily for our audience, we've had an incredible run with this NFL gauntlet. Dan, Jake, Zambi all have two strikes, but it's week freaking 15. That's pretty impressive. Um, right now, I, I guess we can go right into the draft. Um, Zambi, you're on the clock. Right on, right on. Well, it is week 15. And so, as you guys know in the group chat, I have lost track of plenty of teams I've picked before. Um, have I picked the Rams yet? Stand by. Does anyone know? <laughs> Checking. Efforting, efforting. Zambi has not taken the Rams. Well, we're playing the Jets. So, tickle me silly. Send me down to SoCal. Let's go Rams. Damn. That... Uh, <laughs> That is certainly my pick, so I got to pivot. All right. Uh, give me. Uh, is he tinkering? No, not at all. Oh, he's tinkering. You can hear it in his voice. Tinker. Yeah. Where's okay. Tushy? <laughs> Tell me this is a tinker. Steelers over the Bengals on Monday night. Tinker that. Ooh, I don't that's... love that. I don't love it. No, the Steelers are going to bounce way, way back against the freaking Bengals. I sure hope even... so. There's just not even drama in that pick. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> sure, hope so. Jake. Okay, I like it. And um, a lot of people might think I would go Packers-Panthers because that's a pretty easy pick. But again, as always, fuck the Packers. We're going to go Browns over Giants. Ooh. Um, Browns look nice this week. Browns look nice. That running game looks nice. The Giants are not nice. So with that advanced analytics, lock in the Browns. Boys, we're getting very, very close here to like the end. We'll, we'll just think, have what, to do playoffs then. Yeah, playoff pick. <laughs> playoff pick them. But, but what if I uh, like? What if you picked that team already? Reset. Well, I think we'd have to reset. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's what limited if- games, so eventually. It would come down. Wow. What would be electric is if it's the Super Bowl and there's two people left. The first pick gets to pick one guy and the other gets to pick the other. And that's just how it's going. Wow. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. What if there's three people in the Super Bowl? Wow. Well, then you probably have to pick the score or something. We'd figure it out. (laughs) 
All right, all right. Well, best of luck to you all. Now I want a little playoff action. Keep this thing going. Um, Jake, do you want the floor? I can cut this out. Um, no, I'm good. I don't need to talk about how the Bears are probably going to make the playoffs and the Cardinals right. just need to lose one game and how Mitch Trubisky outplayed both Mahomes and Watson or and um, yeah, Deshaun Watson Sunday. I don't need to talk about that. Trubisky made that statement for himself. What is the Bears' path to the playoffs, Jake? If the Bears went out, so they need to beat the Vikings, the Jaguars, and the Packers. And the Cardinals just lose one of their next games, of their next three games. Bears are in the wild card. Oh, no one wants to watch that. No. No, but everyone – what's going to happen is – the Bears are going to win the next two games. I'm going to have so much hope. And then the Packers are going to beat us by 25. <laughs> but the Packers could potentially be not playing for anything. It, it won't sense. matter. It won't matter. Dude, so, it's, a rival. it's a rival, Dan. So whoever that backup quarterback is, and I always forget his name, is going to beat the Bears? Uh, Jordan Love? Is that, is that no, Jordan, Jordan Love has not played. All year, I don't think he. I don't think he'd be the guy. It's their. It's their. Their other random white guy. No, Deshaun Kaiser's not there anymore. This is He's also not white. This is a good segment, but the Packers <laughs> is definitely a. Good <laughs> All right. Well, the, Jake, we tried. We tried our best. <laughs> My ears might be bleeding a little after that. <laughs> but we'll keep the we'll keep the train moving. There's other stuff on the TV this week. Let's be real. Huge week for college football coming up. Conference championships. We're doing pick 'em style for the big, the big ones. Um, I'll start off with Jake. Who do you have for the uh, Pac-12 championship? The huge, massive game that we all care so much well, about. Well, I mean, there's uh, the Pac-12 is just so deep this year, and there's been so many games played, and just everyone's just looking so elite. It's hard to choose between the USC Trojans. And the recently lost to Oregon State, Oregon Ducks. Um, I'm just going to go USC because I know anytime I jump on US or like I try to make fun of USC, they'll just come back by 20 and beat like a, you know, bottom of the barrel Pac-12 team. So fuck Mm. it. USC by four. I like it. A little reverse psychology. (laughs) Well, let's. Let's all be honest. This game means absolutely nothing now. Um, USC, as a as a you know, attempted to be USC fan during these troubling times in the kingdom. Uh, it was phenomenal to see us, you know, beat UCLA. Always good to beat up on the Bruins. It was a pretty entertaining game, if I have to say so myself. Um, USC might be the most dangerous team in the country when there are only sixty seconds left on the clock. Um, no lead is safe. Uh, I think the pack to, or the, uh, the playoff committee made it very clear today. USC has no chance to get into the playoff <laughs> by leaving them at 13. Um, so I'm not even thinking about that anymore. It's kind of a, a weight off my shoulder. Um, that being said, you know, I'll, I'll tip my cap to clay, uh, undefeated undefeated. It didn't look pretty, but you didn't lose a game this year. Beat Oregon. Uh, and you know, that will be an accomplishment for us. Obviously I'm going USC, um, but yeah, whatever. 
Uh, I'll follow that. I'll pick. I'll pick uh, just for fun. I'll pick Oregon. I don't really have a dog in the fight, so let's see if uh, U of O can pull this off. And let's get the fire Clay Hilton train going back again, huh? It's never <laughs> left. It never left. It has no, tipped your head to him. Oh, I'm tipped it. Okay, I, you got to give credit where credit is due. He's not a good coach, though. Dude, he is doing nothing to help this team out. We are winning on sheer just talent alone. That is all we're able to win through right now. The last but touchdown in the, the UCLA game, the last touchdown in the, in the UCLA game, well, he still had to bring the players there, so I'll tip my hat to that. Uh, the last touchdown in the UCLA game, Keaton Slovis audibled. He called that play. The coaching staff had nothing to do with it. The coaching staff has nothing to do with our success here other than that they got the athletes there. I, I freaking hate this coaching staff. Dan, what do you think? I, I was just going to say, you cannot give Clay Helton credit for anything <laughs> except for, for some reason, these, get, these kids that are there want to play for him. And they find a way to pull out these magical games. And yes, Keaton Slovis, that final drive, he audibled on both of those plays. He just threw it up to Tyler Vons, threw it up to Monroe St. Brown, just said, our guys are better than you, and we're going to win this game. So I don't know if they can do that against the top-notch teams in the country. Uh, Oregon's definitely not a top-notch team, but we may see them weasel their way into a New Year's Six Bowl game, and they might get rocked by a good team. Dude, everything I've seen is uh, USC Fiesta Bowl, Fiesta Bowl against Indiana. I think that'd be, uh. I think that'd be kind of a good game. Indiana's actually like kind of decent. Gross, dude. Gross. I, you can't you, you can't play Indiana and lose to Indiana in a bowl game. You're right. There's nothing to win. There's nothing yeah. to gain there. That's a lose lose for us. I want no part of that. I All want right. to go back to the Sun Bowl. All right. Well, we'll keep this puppy moving. ACC, Clemson, Notre Dame. I'm taking Notre Dame here. Gotta stay true. Don't think they'll win, but I'll I'll leave it off to Jake here. Why why are you taking Notre Dame, Justin? Just because I kind of just went with it, to be honest. Because your girlfriend, your girlfriend God. doesn't have anything to do with that. No. <laughs> <laughs> AC's probably crouched behind him with just a knife to his back. Yeah, guys. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think yeah, I know Clemson's <laughs> favored. What Coop? Were you saying by ten points? Yeah, I believe right now uh, Notre Dame's a ten and a half point dog. But I think this is a game where Notre Dame, again, proves its resiliency that they've done all year against Clemson, against North Carolina, hell, even against Syracuse, sadly enough. Um, but I think we win this game by four points. I think Ian Book has proved that he can get it done in clutch situ- situations, and our defense and offensive line are, are good enough to keep us in the game. So. God, I want, you know, I I think Clemson's going to win. I just, uh, I don't know why. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. He, he hasn't been like, you know, God this year, but I think, you know, Clemson's, Clemson's defense played pretty goddamn horribly in that, in that first matchup. I don't think they're going to do that again. Um, I'm going to go Clemson in this game, but I would love nothing more than for Notre Dame to win this get all the way to the championship game, play Alabama, and then just get mollywopped again like they always do. So I'm rooting for Notre Dame to get into the championship just to get their asses fucking handed to them. Hey, it would it'd be nature healing itself. It's getting us back on track <laughs> to normalcy. I'm fine with that. I think if Notre Dame wins, we're the 
number one overall seed. We no way. Dude, you ain't jumping. You ain't jumping. Would absolutely stump Alabama. What timeout? What are you saying? I think if we beat Clemson twice, we take the top spot. No. Is that because you're a Notre Dame fan? No. Oh, I, think, I, I think that's why you think that, Cooper. No, <laughs> I, I think rankings-wise, we should, like Coop saying, we sh- we should be ranked he's over. Alabama's best win right now. All the SEC teams. Right? I mean, uh, Texas A&M. <laughs> Texas A&M, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think beating They stomped Texas A&M, though. They've stomped everyone. They've stomped everybody, dude. No one's sniffing Alabama at one. Yeah. I, Coop, Coop, I see what you're saying about like, like the like wins and and all that. But the playoff committee is like showing that they don't care about your record. They don't care about like, like if you're undefeated, it doesn't matter. They on their on face, they think Alabama is the best team in the country. I don't think Notre Dame, unless Notre Dame comes out and rocks Clemson, I don't think you guys are jumping Bama. Yeah, no, I don't think you guys jump Bama. Um, my point here, too, is UCF, national champions a year or two ago. They had some good wins, but the committee still just gave them nothing. So I, I just don't see it happening at all. You're giving the committee too much credit, Coop. They can't use their brain. Oh, well, it's not going to matter because Alabama's going to lose and we're going to be national champions. Oh. <laughs> Question for the group, though. If Notre Dame beats Clemson, is Clemson not in the college playoffs? And then I don't think they should. I don't think a two yeah. team. I don't think a two loss team should be in. So what? Then you'd have Ohio State at three, and I would then I would consider taking Cincinnati. Probably I would. I'd probably give Cincinnati their due. Over A and M, I think Texas A and M gets the edge. I mean, here's the thing though. around. Texas A and M got absolutely mollywopped. A team that gets mollywopped shouldn't be in the playoffs. If if Clemson has two losses to Notre Dame, one of them is with DJ Uyunglele. Oh, that game was what? The second game of the season? A&M? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. But at the end of the day, like, if you get smoked, you don't you don't belong in the playoff. Like, this happened to Ohio State a couple years ago. They got smoked by Purdue. Otherwise, had a great season. Granted, we're talking about Purdue and Alabama. But you you can't have that big margin of, of, of defeat and be in the playoff. If Clemson has just two losses – and one of them again is DJ Uyunglele. I think Clemson should be should be in there. You would keep Clemson, but at like the four. If it's a clo- yeah, it has to be a close loss, and they're the four. I think they got to prove that they're one of the best four teams, even when losing. I think, but the yeah, playoff committee is literally it's got to be, be unprecedented. It's unprecedented to take a, a two loss team. Have you? Do you know what this season is? This season is. All the rules are out. It's 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 eye test. It's brand. It's Trevor Lawrence. It's Dabo Sweet. Like, I think all, all right, those let's things can be broken. Let's flip the scenario on its head. Notre Dame loses a close game to Clemson. Get Notre out. Dame still in? No, nah, Notre Dame's for sure in. I think Notre Dame's a lock. <laughs> Fuck off, Notre Dame. Dan. No, Notre Dame would have to get mollywopped for them. Notre to Dame would have to get beat by like thirty-five points. Like, it would have to be extremely horrible. I think even like a seventeen-point loss, they're still chilling. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, let's keep this going. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's keep it moving. SEC, Bama versus Florida. I'm taking Bama here. The heavyweight. What do you guys got? Oh, Bama easy. Just because Dan's little wonder boy freaking Heisman absolutely shit the bed last weekend. P. 
He didn't have his top guy. Kyle Pitts didn't play. <laughs> That, that doesn't affect you just throwing the ball to the defense. Alabama's been missing like two of their leading receivers, like in most of their games, it feels like. And then they just give it to another guy. Dan, yeah, who's yeah. the new Heisman? Because we know it ain't your boy Trask anymore. Ian Book. I'm going to go. No, God, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> and I if Ian Book on, leads a comeback win against Clemson twice in a season. Ian Book is like 17th in the country. And His like, stats just aren't hard. good enough. Like 32nd in touchdowns, that's not Heisman worthy. Oh, uh, where's go. his moxie at? Okay, that's not that's not the Heisman. I think we're going to see the first non-quarterback to win the Heisman. It's Devontae Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. Wait, you didn't Charles, the, Charles Woodson Did you say the first? The Heisman? Uh, did. did I not put my qualifier there? First one in like four years? <laughs> you did okay. not, because I could name a lot of non-quarterbacks. Yeah, sorry. First one since like Literally Derrick Henry. Every Alabama running back? Yeah, yeah. First one since like Derrick Henry in 2016 or something like that. Not that sorry. long ago. I don't know when the last wide receiver won it, so we'll... Last wide receiver might have been Tim Brown. Fitzgerald? Nope. No? All right. DK did, the, did that Pittsburgh? No, that was Larry. Huh. I don't th- I'm, I'm pretty sure the only receiver that I can think of is Tim Brown, but hey, I'm not a, I'm not a database. <laughs> but aren't, is right. it Bob? <laughs> Desmond Howard. Desmond Howard got it. Got it first. 91. Oh. Desmond oh. Howard. Oh. When did uh, Tim Brown win? Tim Brown was the year before. Oh, no, 87. Jesus. What? Tim Brown way before. Come on, man. Dude, I can't. I get all confused when we get that far back. All right, let's keep going through these games. <laughs> Big Ten, OSU versus Northwestern. I think OSU is pretty much a lock here, boys. But wouldn't it be sweet if they lost? <laughs> Just the chaos? Yeah, honestly, fuck Ohio State. Like, Northwestern win this game. <laughs> Ohio State can go fuck off and play in the Fiesta Bowl or some shit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Play SC awesome. in the Fiesta Bowl? Oh, no. <laughs> that would be a phenomenal matchup brand-wise. USC would get embarrassed out there, though. Ooh, bad. Awesome. But what, like, okay, honestly, though, Ohio State loses. Notre Dame beats Clemson. Oh, if Ohio State loses, they're out. Like, they have to win. Oh, 100%. Right? You can't have a 5-1 and one team but if, in the But if Notre playoffs. Dame beats Clemson by, like, like 10, 14 – and Ohio State loses. I think Cincinnati has to get in at that point. But Texas M, Texas A&M doesn't play anybody, and the committee already has them at five. Yeah, so Texas A&M is, seems primed to jump into whoever slips, but right? One of the like factors that the, that the committee takes into consideration is making your conference championship. Yeah, but I, that's and winning be, it. Does Cincinnati play this week? Yeah. Right? Yeah, they play Tulsa. Tulsa, baby, a powerhouse. Ranked team. Wow. Top 25. Golden Hurricanes, baby. At the end of the day, the committee sucks. This whole system sucks. The BCS might have been better than this. The BCS was not better. No, no it wasn't. That year, USC <laughs> and LSU shared the national championship was everyone the best thing in the world. Everyone's, everyone's happy. It's great. Yeah, you would like that, Dan. <laughs> you scratch my back, i scratch yours. The year Notre Dame was allowed in the championship game, not a great look either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last conference, guys. The Electric Sun Belt. Coastal Carolina versus Louisiana Lafayette. 
I'm riding with the Raging Cajuns, boys. Go no Cox. doubt, no doubt, baby. It's the Raging Cajuns. Um, no, no reason for this. The the dream season for Coastal comes to an end. Louisiana Lafayette, thirty eight. Coastal Carolina, thirty five. <laughs> Sunbelt Classic, an instant classic, just like the ones you used to play on NCAA. <laughs> with the mascots <laughs> I'm all in on the Chanticleers there all in yeah I'm right there with Dan give me after that Coastal Carolina BYU game I bought into the Coastal Carolina hype they barely won last week against who that crappy team your Troy Trojans dude I think you were controlling them back in the NCAA days right there. yeah that was because they were the worst ranked team in the game and it was a challenge to bring them to the national championship scene they could barely beat Troy hey if you go undefeated 13 and 0 and you're a conference champ get in the New Year's six go go make your program come to life that's how like Boise State was born right uh, give me give me a coastal Carolina USC no Rose Bowl matchup no Coastal Carolina gets the dub. I would eat that shit up. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> no Rose Bowl this year. Rose Bowl's going to get canceled. Oh, yep. Cooper's dub. Cut off. Cut off. <laughs> All right. Well, those are some electric takes, boys. I think uh, with that being said, though, we got a lot of great sports to look forward to. We're excited to get the Zags back on track, watch a little college football. And uh, here's your episode, episode reminder that Chet Holmgren will be a Zag, mark my words. And before February 4th, I think it is. Um, or else I have to do the wing challenge. So, with that being said, said boys, toodaloo. toodaloo. Thanks for listening. Better gang. Toodaloo. Go Zags. Zags beat Iowa. Yeah. <laughs>